When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello. Trace, hello. Uh, coming up on the fastest UCF show out there. We know who UCF's playing in the bowl game. We'll get to see some old friends. Are we excited about that? We'll discuss that and more, Trace. Exciting to see some old friends, and we have the resources to see some of them. <laughs> resources that's that's today's word before we get going let's welcome in the third member of our team adam eaton from the sons of ucf who watches the clock keeps us on our toes adam hello well it's gonna be busier tonight uh hello trace hello eric because i also have to now follow the transfer portal so a lot of stuff i got to keep moving back here i will keep you updated if anybody hops in the portal in the next 30 minutes during the fastest show in the whole ucf land all right thank you adam we'll check back in with you elo you mentioned it off the top it's official ucf versus duke oh that was about an hour on Sunday. Not a good day for Brett McMurphy, was it? He kept breaking news that kept changing all afternoon. Uh, UCF settling with Georgetown. It was crazy, wasn't it? The delay from the ACC and the trickle-down effect of uh, the decision to snub Florida State. Well, some would argue that Sunday, yeah, was a very bizarre day in the sport. Not sure it was a real positive day in the sport, but you mentioned the UCF situation. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Like, Frank McMurphy is usually dead on on figuring out where this matchup is. But all of a sudden, it was UCF and Duke. And I'll give you full reaction. I was livid. I'm like, what are we? what is this? A rematch of a bowl game? Next thing I know, about an hour later, oh, well, maybe it's a trade, which Syracuse might play UCF. Like, what, trades? Next thing we know, we get Georgia Tech out of this. When I don't know when transactions and, you know, I know there's, you know, the hot stove league going on in baseball at the winter meetings. I didn't know that included bowl games, Trace. Yeah, it was chaotic uh, and confusing. It didn't make a lot of sense when you heard the Duke announcement, right? I mean, the fan base, who was excited about that? Uh, And then to see that change, I just like how – even the Big 12 on its social media was releasing. And here's the announcement. <laughs> UCF is ah, pull that down. I believe twice they deleted announcements uh, about this game uh, before, of course, settling in on Georgia Tech. I asked on my social media, on my Twitter account, what do you think of this bowl game? Hey, overwhelmingly, 57% of respondents say they like it. 13% say they love it. 28% lukewarm, but only a few said they didn't like it at all. So, I guess from that standpoint, palatable to the fan base. Well, what would that poll look like if they stuck with Duke, though? Uh, who yeah. didn't, doesn't have a coach, doesn't have a quarterback. I don't think that percentages would be very a uh, deal there. By the way, at least now we know mm-hmm. that television is, is in hu- it, it heavily involved in bowl games. Uh, Terry Mahajer had nothing to do with this. Oh. Nobody at UCF had anything to do with this. This was all TV created. I don't know if you've heard, but TV is kind of very influential in college football. Uh, but we do end up with UCF at the Gasparilla Bowl, Trace. Tell me, are you excited? Do you think this is a good matchup for UCF as they take on old buddy Brett Key, head coach at Georgia Tech, <laughs> former Knight, 
There's some storylines here that are pretty interesting. There are some storylines. I certainly prefer it to the Duke matchup. And when you think about the uh, regular season schedule, Gus Malzahn mentioned it in his Tuesday availability about nice to play somewhere a bus ride away. You know, the majority of the fan base is in Central Florida, across the state of Florida. So it's a more accessible game than Lubbock and Lawrence and Manhattan, Kansas, where while there were some traveling fan base, uh, you know, that was good for those games, most UCF fans didn't see them play on the road at all. So they have that opportunity. Familiar venue. They've had success. What is it? Five straight years, either beating the cows or winning these or playing in these Gasparilla Bowls. They beat the Gators there, right? They are familiar. They are successful in that stadium, and it gives the greatest opportunity for the fans uh, to attend. And you get an interesting matchup, right? Because think of the projections we were looking at. It was looking at UCF Troy, UCF Toledo. You know, I even wrote Toledo. about it. Yeah, Toledo powerhouse program there, Coach Candle. I mean, there was concern. I thought for UCF to get a quality, you know, marquee game, or at least a, a game against a, a program you're relevant, you would have to go out of state. They didn't have to do that. And you do have storylines with the Brent Key factor, obviously George O'Leary and the connections there. So you actually, all things considering how UCF is 6-6, six and six, I don't think you could have done much better than this bowl game and this, the location and the, and the opponent here, Trace. Uh, and, uh, you know, for most fans, right, it doesn't involve costly travel, hotel nights. It comes right around the holidays, but you could drive in, you could drive out. Favorable matchup for UCF. UCF already sold out of its ticket allotment. You know, the game selling out, probably not going to be uh, a thing with 65,000 seat stadium, but UCF sells out its initial allotment. So there are a lot of wins for UCF in this bowl. I agree. We'll see. There were some positive, but there's also some negatives, Trace, though, right? Well, Georgia Tech likes to run the ball. Uh, they have two guys that average more than six yards per carry. And I'm not entirely sure UCF's performance against Oklahoma State that that, uh, you know, is, is, is the new UCF uh, rush defense. So uh, and look at what they did over the course of their season. They surprised some teams and then they, uh, you know, head shaking losses. So up and down year uh, familiarity with these two teams. They played recently right so even though that duke game would have been a direct bowl rematch it's not like it has been a long time since ucf played georgia tech so from that regard um you know i don't know the initial surveys of these things yahoo.com uh says the 35th best bowl uh and cbs sports has it 28 so on paper maybe not the most exciting game on the planet well because it's two six and six teams what are you expecting i mean this is you know, neither team is anything to write home about. I know everybody's going to blow this out of proportion and say this is such a great match. I mean, it really is. It's two teams very fortunate to be in bowl games. Uh, we'll see if the, I think both fan bases will be pleased. But does anybody really care nationally in this game? I, I don't know. It's on a Friday night as well. It's going to be tough television. It's going up against WWE SmackDown, which dominates Friday night. Shout out to Brian W. Peterson, fellow CM Punk fan. There, I just had to say that. But I don't know if this is gonna. This is not gonna come anywhere close to drawing what Florida UCF did, which I thought had more intrigue, more cachet with Gus against the SEC. Who really cares? And and the Brent Key storyline outside of diehard O'Leary That's fans, a local storyline. Right. That's not nobody knows that story. And how much you want to bet ESPN doesn't even uh, root that story out about him being there all night uh, in the in the uh, football offices? I mean, do you think we'll even hear that story? 
No, and that's the problem. Nobody's going to ask the real questions that have to be asked. Everybody's just going to talk about how great this, you know, it's great to play UCF and all that stuff. And my wife went to great to school there. Great. Nobody cares. Nobody talks about the best there. I think there's a lot of negatives. And how many of these players on both sides are really going to stick around and play? We'll see. Well, let's talk about it from the buzz standpoint. You mentioned it there earlier. Is it a big draw? Is it a TV draw? You, you're the one that studies the TV ratings. Yeah. Well, remember last year, Georgia Tech, UCF played on ESPNU. You know what it drew? 107,000 mm. viewers. Mm. It's one of the worst, the least viewed UCF games. Now, obviously, it's going to draw way better than that. I think it'll draw about a million and a half, two million. But as I mentioned, it will not beat, for example, WWE SmackDown Friday night. People go out on Friday night. I do think they will draw well in person. I don't think it will be a sellout like the or draw as big as the Florida UCF attendance. But I do think it will be a well-attended bowl game. But honestly, Trace, what is the point of this game? If UCF loses or wins, does it matter? No, seriously, that's – and I don't think – there's no cliffhanger to this. Whereas with UCF Florida, it felt important, right? Like UCF Florida hadn't played in forever. State bragging rights. These schools – the fan bases don't like each other. Does UCF really care about Georgia Tech fans or vice versa? So I don't think there's going to be any buzz for this game. How much – did it really impact the program in 2023 having lost to Duke in the military bowl? You know, I asked coach Malzahn, it's, it's, it's about the extra practices, right? It's about that opportunity to give young guys meaningful reps. Uh, but what else difference does it make? I know in our business for us, I'd rather talk about the team winning the game uh, than losing the game. And uh, it's a long off season for us if there's six and seven, but how consequential is it? Seven, six, what's your guess on crowd? Uh, at this point, more numbers will be released as we get closer. They'll announce more ticket allotments. So, but uh, not a sellout. What's the 65, capacity? 65,000. No, no I'll, way. I'll say no way. I'll say 40, maybe 35, 40. 40. I'll go positive. Yeah, I'll go 35, 40. Yeah, I, I don't think more than that. Uh, I will make, let me ask you this question. At this point, <laughs> which of these, how would you rank these three? Bowl games, signing day, portal. I would argue the bowl game is the third most important thing to all the both fan base out of this game. Would you agree with that in December? Sounds like a topic for next week on Around the Kingdom, but the bowl <laughs> is probably the third most important part right there. <laughs> all right, Elo, here's the question. Who got the better bowl, Gasparilla, UCF, Georgia Tech, or is it Boca Raton, South Florida against Syracuse? A lot of six and six teams in this one. Yeah, no, I think UCF got the better bowl game. They got a Georgia Tech game. You got storylines there. And you got a coach that's actually still there in the quarterback, something you can't say about Syracuse. Plus, Tampa, Florida, upgrade over Boca Raton, Florida, as far as visiting. I will say this. I think that there was a needed break from UCF, USF. And I think USF's probably happy not to be playing in its home state. Hey, they don't win a lot of games there. They may do better on the road. And, you know, there are some fans in the UCF fan base that wanted an easier game against a team without a coach, without a team, without a quarterback. I'd rather have a fuller strength team that it be a more quality win uh, should UCF get that win. Wow, some of the fan base acting like a power five score. All right, we're made it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, what's the point of playing an interim coach and credit? The UCF-USF game was never going to happen. I thought that was silly nonsense, and, and I think we've proven that. Because if you lose to Georgia Tech, it doesn't matter. And if you beat Georgia Tech, it doesn't matter. So there you go. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. The doesn't matter bowl. It should be the title sponsor. Yeah. Uh, but who does matter? Adam Eaton. He is back. Time for a silly game. It is, gentlemen. Before we get there, though, let's talk about our friends at the Sultry Spirit. Gentlemen, it's holiday time. 
your holiday parties are going to start ramping up soon. You're going to start going to some of these things. And here's the most important thing people forget about the holiday time. You're often stuck around people that you don't like. The good news is <laughs> if you hire the sultry spirit, they can mix your party up. They can give you creative cocktails. They can turn your party into something fun where maybe the people you're around, they'll actually enjoy for a little bit. Their bartenders will put creative twists on these cocktails. They'll make you have a good time, even if you don't like the people you're with around the holiday time. So here's what you need to do. Follow them on Instagram at the sultry spirit or give them a call 941-567-7062. Again, at sultry spirit, 941-567-7062. Let them know that you heard about them on Sons of UCF around the kingdom. You'll get 10% off. Plus, you will get a, a special gift as well, too. So, again, holiday time. You need something to liven the party up. Sultry Spirit is the place that you want to go. Give them a call today. They will take care of your party. Gentlemen, silly game time. I got some questions for you. These are these are just kind of random questions. No, no, no gimmick this week. No multiple choice. No true or false. Just random questions. Here we're going to start today with you know the latest in college football it's been a rough week for college football transfer portal bowl season yada 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 so each of you have a challenge on these first two questions so eric i'll start with you fix the transfer portal by instituting one rule what what one rule would you institute to fix the transfer portal i would say you can only enter the transfer portal once in your career okay one time portal trace fix the transfer portal one rule Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Do we have to have it at all? I, I, we still have to have it in this this question. Can we get rid of it? <laughs> okay, that's a creative <laughs> twist on a classic cocktail that <laughs> Sultry Spirit would do. But no, assume it has to stay with you. Uh, we're, we're seeing it. We'll talk about it in a little while, Dylan Gabriel. One time. I, enough of this bouncing from school to school. Uh, one time. All right. Trace, I'll start with you on the next one. Fix the college football playoff selection process with one rule. Well, get rid of the nonsense that unfolded across Sunday with the subjectiveness and the nonsense and the the, uh, contradictions. Uh, Certainly uh, that got, it's all about the Kali matrix though. (laughs) (laughs) So your one rule is always follow the Kali matrix. I like it. Hey, I think they were right though, weren't they? They had the four teams. Uh, I think they did. So, uh, the human element uh, has not worked. No, I mean, something along the lines, if you're going to have these conference championship games, if you win that, you know, you advance. And if you lose, you're not out either. And then there's certainly a, whatever the G5, whatever that number is, they get an entry in there as well. They're heading in the right direction with the 12 spots though, and the home games on the college campuses. So uh, I, I could go on with this about getting rid of bowls too, but I'll stick to that. <laughs> I would say uh, get rid of the cartel. I'm surprised Trace hasn't used those terms in a while since he's getting that's, the that's an old term, Elo. <laughs> and the way you do that, add criteria. Every sport has criteria. If you win your conference, you're in, or et cetera, just put criteria in. The 12 team kind of does that. But the problem we're going to have with the 12 teams is it's going to be pretty much the Big Ten SEC invitational. I would also remove Vince McMahon from the committee because mm. clearly he had a big role in the Sunday selections <laughs> of Alabama pulling off a Bret Hart screw job there somehow maneuvering pieces. Yeah. I have, I have criteria. So we at least have understand what do you got to do to get it? Hilo with a bunch of name drops. All right, here's the next one. All right. Imagine UCF's hosting a high profile recruit, maybe a transfer portal guy, maybe a high school guy. They're hosting a high profile recruit on campus and you can only bring one former UCF player to talk to that recruit. Who do you want to bring to talk to the recruit, Eric? High-profile recruit. You get one former player to come talk to him. Who do you want that person to be? It's a player, an offensive player, defensive player. 
I can't. Who knows? We need help everywhere. <laughs> we need help everywhere, Eric. All right, because I do think if it's an offensive player, I would say uh, I would bring in somebody like a Blake Bortles, who's a local guy, knows UCF inside out. If it's a defensive player, no brainer. Shaquille Griffin. Trace, Shaquille. Who, who, you, who you trotting in, Trace? Um, Gabe Davis, because I think he's the hottest name in the NFL right now and has always shown the work ethic. Plus, he stays connected to UCF, and I think younger kids know who he is. Shaquem Griffin. That story transcends uh, his time with the Knights and is an appeal. All right, let's get silly. Final one here. Trace, I know how much you love bowl season. Any number of bowls these days where we dump some sort of an intimate object on a coach, which I always think is fun. So, Trace, if you had your wish, if you could have any bowl named after any company, any brand, any products, what bowl would you want to see? Thinking in mind that maybe you have to douse the coach in this after the game. What what fictitious bowl would you want? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. You, you, you do come up with some silly questions. <laughs> uh, I like eating gummy bears, so I'd like to see a ton okay. of those poured over Gus Malzahn in the, the gummy bear bowl. I like the gummy bear bowl. That's a good one. Hilo, what, what, do you, what do you got? What's your, what's your bowl idea? I'm going to go opposite of Trace, who criticized you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compliment you. Thank Sons you. of UCF bowl. Hello. Mm. Jimmy Kimmel can have a bowl. What are we they dumping on him, though? <laughs> I Brian mean, W. Peterson. <laughs> I'm sure we can find around. Could bet him some of the sons you see have hats. We get to wear a hat, you know, as a chip merchandise. You know, I think we can do some stuff there. A kingdom, a kingdom crown. You know, I think I think Ela wins this one, but I really like gummy bear strays. <laughs> All right, thank you, Adam. We'll check back with you soon. You mentioned obviously Trace, of course. The portal UCF has lost some portals. Headlined by Corey Thornton, who entered the portal. On Tuesday night, Fred Davis, Drake Metcalf, Jordan McDonald, Jalen Griffin, Tyler Griffin, so far as we talk and record this show, are in the portal. Who's the bigger loss and you're going to miss the most there, Trace? Just from a personality standpoint, Jordan McDonald, who I would have liked to have seen develop, but where can he get the touches? But the best player on the list, most impactful, is Corey Thornton, who had a good year. Again, though... Most teams were successful in running the ball against UCF, didn't really have to test the corners. So, I don't know. He may go that Devontae Brown route, and I think he's replaceable. Wow. Corey Thorne, by the way, according to Pro Football Focus, rated the best defensive player on the UCF team, about a 76.6. So, that's a significant that a great number, though? For this defense, it is. So, <laughs> and listen, when did we ever say, you know, defense quarterback? Nobody ever said anything about Corey Thorne. I thought he had a great year, his best year of his career. Uh, he'll do well. McDonald, I'm going to miss just because of what if, right? And, unfortunately, you know, here's this guy that was highly touted in his in the recruiting class. And we never got to see the full potential. We, and, that, and that's unfortunate. That's part of college athletics today, right? You know, this is all this hype, Trace, with signing day. And then a year or two later, the guy moves on. It'll be interesting. A year or two from now, you know, when Adam's on with us, is he going to tell us, hey, did you know Jordan McDonald's leading this and rushing? Or do we, you know, does he disappear? I don't know. That's going to be interesting. But I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to miss those that potential that could have been. Of course, now we have announcements for guys who are leaving the program, guys who are coming to the program. How about announcements from guys who are staying? Uh, the announcement, the only one so far, offensive lineman Adrian Medley announcing he's returning. I will say, of all the announcements, I think him deciding to come back is the most impactful for UCF. Well, it helps, right, in the offensive line. You're going to need as many guys back. That's going to be the big question this offseason among many on this roster because you do lose some personnel in the offensive line. Can they retool that 
uh, offensive line. And, of course, one of the guys that's leaving is Drake Metcalf, who didn't really pan out here coming over from Stanford. So uh, that's going to be interesting what Herb Han and Gus have in mind for the line. Of course, all of this, uh, the transfer portal, early signing day, and then when you're in acquiring guys, all that now in this new age of college football requires money. And uh, a question I asked of Coach Malzahn, Adam's going to play, asked him about does UCF have enough money to be in this game? Do you feel you have the resources to compete? We're still working on that. Uh, that's a telling remark there, isn't it, Elo? He didn't say, yes, we do. Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, that was revealing. I thought you did a fantastic job with the question there, and I thought Gus was very candor, and I appreciated that as well. I know they he was asked about the kingdom and everything. That's been a hot topic on social media there. But this is the new world of college football and college athletics, right? I mean, Gus is not hiding the fact, hey, we need money to compete. That's what he said during the press conference. and. Obviously, with the news of Corey Thornton leaving, you wonder if that was in his mind with certain players he can't get because they don't have enough. This is a polarizing topic, uh, Trace, because I sympathize with both sides on this. I sympathize with UCF and saying we need more money to compete with the SECs and the Big Tens of the world. I just don't know how realistic is it, especially when you're asking your donors who are repeatedly asked to donate more and more, and then there's people that are fans but can't afford it because they got to pay bills. It's a tough topic. Well, you see it a lot in Major League Baseball, right? Small market, medium market, large market. Uh, I wonder how UCF shakes out in that, right? They're not the New York Yankees, L.A. Dodgers, Boston Red Sox, but are they the Kansas City Royals, Tampa Bay Double Rays, or Tampa Bay Rays? Are they going to have to make do with a lot less? I think they're the Rays. That's You could argue they've been the Rays for a while in football with the success with the coaches and everything like that, and that might be what they may have to do. They're going to have to decide which players – do we have, can we keep and which players we just can't afford and let them go? And let me just say this real quick. Obviously, the focus is on football. I wrote about the, 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 the lack of resources in basketball, in March, which was polarizing topic. This, this is across the board in UCF. That's just a football issue. Basketball, how are we going to compete in the toughest conference in the Big 12 in basketball that spends the most money in NIL in basketball? This is a big problem for the whole department that there's no simple solutions. Agreed. All right, so there you go. We got no money. But what we do have, someone that is looking for money. Oh, yeah. He's back. Dylan Gabriel. He's back in the portal. Announced it on Monday. Trace, did we get the return of Dylan Gabriel here? You No. No. First of all, UCF doesn't have the money to pony up, and uh, he would not be well-received. You know, at some point, though, that is going to happen, right? A guy returns to a previous school, right, at some point in this mix. No, he is certainly entrepreneurial. I'll give him that. I don't know that he came off well in that ESPN Plus uh, series, you know, uh, and, and that's left a mark with a fan base. But Hard he's time. certainly entrepreneurial. Uh and you can argue, right, he may he may pursue a pro career and may end up in a USFL or one of these leagues, but I don't see him as an NFL guy. We'll see if he surprises us on that. He's going to make more money playing college football, though. Well, and he might be, like, the first test of all these players that are going to move from school to school to just to make money in college because they know they don't really have a future in the pros. So why not make as much as you can? And in his case, he's probably going to go out west, if I had to guess, Oregon, a USC, that's going to probably pay six figures. So this is part of the college. But you make a great point. 
I think you will see at some point down the road a UCF player that leaves and then maybe comes back. I I think it's important for coaches to maintain those relationships because it might come back full circle. Coaches have always talked about this in the recruiting standpoint. We might start seeing that on the field. Well, it certainly happens in the pros, right? They return to a team they were previously at. So you don't think he ends up at Mississippi State because they don't pony up the dollars? He doesn't chase uh, the dollars and, and rejoin Jeff Levy? I think they'll try, but I don't think they can spend the money compared to a USC or an Oregon. And I think Dylan wants to go back, finish off in, on the West Coast. And think about it. USC, Lincoln Riley, all the quarterbacks that have gone on to the NFL. Look at Bo Nix and how his stock's gone up at Oregon with Nike. I think he ends up at one of those two schools. Hey, wasn't he at UCLA for a minute? A couple minutes. Then, <laughs> yeah, uh, so know. maybe maybe that'll be the first case of going back. <laughs> maybe. Uh, around the Big 12, we talked about it all year. Texas, uh, they end up cruising uh, over Oklahoma State. What was your big takeaway in that one? Oklahoma State not very competitive in it at all. Nope. Oklahoma State looked about as great as they looked against UCF. <laughs> Trace, except there was – no storm in Dallas. Look, Texas obviously dominated Oklahoma State uh, to get themselves to the playoff, although Texas should probably thank Alabama to be in the playoff because I think if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, Brett Yormark in the Big 12 is shut out of the playoff. But because Texas beat Alabama, I think they were uh, going to get in in that scenario thanks to Vince McMahon. But I think that overall for the Big 12, the big question I have is you got all these bowl games that the teams are in. How are they going to do in the bowl games? How good is this league, Trace? Because Oklahoma, there was this, the second highest ranked team was Oklahoma. Then what? Oklahoma State did not look Kansas did not State. strong. Yeah, who's barely in the top 25. They'll be in Orlando. I think there's some questions moving forward. How is the Big 12 going to be looked at in a 12-team playoff? UCF, Georgia Tech, does it make your best bowl matchup in this Big 12? Uh, no, Oklahoma, Arizona is. Oklahoma, Arizona is going to be a really good game. Arizona, remember, it's a team that's going to come to the Big 12 next year. Uh, they play Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, Put me funny. down for Texas, Washington. I think you missed that easy one. Texas, Washington. To be. The game is, um, by the way, in New Orleans. It's like a de facto home game for Texas. It's unbelievable. All right. Does UCF, Georgia Tech make your worst bowl list? No. Whoever Texas Tech's playing, it's got to be the worst. Right, Trace? You can agree with that. <laughs> They're playing Cal. Wait, <laughs> California of the ACC? That's right. <laughs> Nothing like Big 12 ACC football. What about Memphis, Iowa State, and the Liberty? How about Memphis getting a home game out of that for them? I mean, good Lord. Liberty yeah. Bowl there against uh, Iowa State, who probably overachieved a little bit uh, in the Big 12. All right, let's uh, run out of time on hoops. Let's go back to Adam with some – corrections and some facts that, uh, you know, clean things up a bit. All right, here's what I got for you, gentlemen. First of all, Georgia Tech and UCF, they've played five times. Georgia Tech leads that series three to two. All three wins from Georgia Tech came under the helm of one Georgia Leary. So FYI for that. UCF obviously back in Tampa for the Yasperla Bowl. Five bowls UCF has played in Tampa St. Pete, three and two overall in those uh, in those five bowls. Elo, you were talking about uh, attendance. Since the Gasparilla Bowl has moved to Raymond James Stadium in 2017, here are the attendance numbers. In 2017, they drew 16,000. 2018, they drew 14,000. That's what the Ooh. cow is playing in that game, by the way. 2019. They drew, they drew 14 in a home bowl game. 
That's correct. I'm, I'm shocked that that number should be lower. Wow. 2019, UCF played there. They drew 28. No bowl in 20. 2021, UCF Florida, 63,000. 2022, which featured Wake Forest and Missouri, 34,000. So we'll see where we're at in that. Obviously, the, the marks of late have been pretty high, but UCF, 28K when we played Marshall in the Asperilla Bowl. Uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel, a lot of reports coming out on social media that he's going to see Oregon this weekend and that UCF is still like a word. And some breaking news while we've been talking on the show, gentlemen, on three sports is reporting that uh, former Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall will visit UCF this weekend. So uh, another quarterback will be on campus per on three sports. McCall had a great career at Coastal Carolina. Obviously led the Chanticleers to uh, some some pretty uh, illustrious seasons there. So allegedly he will be on campus per on three sports this weekend. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting names in the mix. Thank you, Adam. Adam, Elo, how well do you know the Gasparilla Bowl and its history? Elo, the inaugural Magic Jack St. Petersburg Bowl happened in 2008. Uh, then it became the St. Petersburg Bowl presented by Beef O'Brady's. Then just the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. One season is the Bitcoin St. <laughs> Petersburg Bowl. Then just the St. Petersburg Bowl for two seasons when obviously they couldn't find a corporate sponsor. Then they moved to Tampa. Do you remember this one? It became the bad boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl oh, yeah. since 2020, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. That is how we play. How well do you know your Gasparilla Bowl history? Elo, thank you. Look for new episodes midweek every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Also, it drops in the audio form on the Suns podcast feed for Adam, for Elo. I'm Trace Trelko. Thanks for joining us for Around the Kingdom. Sports Social Podcast Network.